Hello, hello, hello. How are you, everybody? I'm slowly seeing the attendees show up. So this is good. Uh, we're starting this is day two of our 50-day writing challenge with the 7 a.m. novelist, first draft edition. And this is the edition in which we are grabbing hold of imperfection and just flying with it. Um, I am Michelle Hoover, <coughs> and I'm already losing my voice, so that's the problem. Um, I'm an author of two published novels and many, many more novels in my desk drawer. And I've been teaching writing since I was 23, and I just turned 50. So hopefully by now, like this last month, I know what, I, what I'm doing. Oh, wait. So today we have um, two guests to talk about pantsing. And um, these, uh, these guests are, were also in a, the Novel Incubator program that Grub Street runs. And they're some of my absolute favorite people. Again, we couldn't do this show at all without our guests. And they give their time and energy and wake up way too early in the morning to sign on. Um, so first off, uh, we have uh, Lissa Franz. And Lissa holds a master's degree in creative writing from Boston University. And she's a graduate of the Novel Incubator Program. She's a 2015, 2015 recipient of the Penn New England Discovery Award for Fiction. Her latest novel, A Short History of the Americans, I like that title, is out with her agent while she pants her, her way through a contemporary novel about her favorite topic, Women Who Thrive on Extraordinary Risk. And I've actually had a chance to read several of Lissa's manuscripts in pro progress. I'm very excited about uh, what she's doing with this new one. Lissa, we talked yesterday about the Daily Scrum with Kelly Ford. And um, we talked about you know setting out every day your goal. So thinking about what you did yesterday, what you plan to do today, what your block might be for today and what your bridge might be for today. And if you want to add on a treat, ice cream at the end of the day, you can do that too. So Lissa, do you have a scrum for today real quick? Uh, sure. So hi, everyone. So yesterday I was actually traveling. So I did a lot of thinking um, and uh, reading, rereading some chapters that I'm working on in, in my novel in progress. Um, today I am working on that novel in progress. Um, and I always have some notes as to what I'm going to do. Um, my block, I don't, I don't think I have a block. Um, my That's bridge... amazing. No block at all. <laughs> How is that no, possible? No block That's... this week. No block this week. Easier okay. work okay. week for me this week. Um, uh, my bridge is just complete compulsion. Like I always have to write. It's the way that I think and figure out the world. Um, and That's amazing. You know, there's sometimes I get the question from people. People say to me, Michelle, do you think I should be doing this? And I think, well, God, if you if you actually think you can stop, then maybe you shouldn't be doing it. But most writers I know, they can't stop. And even if they get down on themselves and, you know, they, they are like, oh, I'm never going to get published or I'm never going to get this done and I'm never going to get it the way I want. They, they have that compulsion. So right. that keeps you always showing up at the desk. That's right. amazing. Exactly. Do you have a treat? Yeah, I'm going to get a tattoo when I finally publish a novel. <laughs> what tattoo? Uh, not sure yet. It's going to have to do with the book that finally makes it. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Awesome. <laughs> okay. And then we also have Bessie Heitkamp. Bessie is also a recent graduate of the Novel Incubator Program, and she's the co-founder of Readerly, a new Goodreads alternative. So I'm going to have her talk about that. She's published essays in the Chattahoochee Review um, and 
1966 journal, among others, and she's currently pantsing her way through her first novel. So Betsy, do you have a scrum for today? I do. Um, I also was traveling yesterday, so I don't, um, wasn't working on it. And I actually wasn't thinking about it, listening to Disney songs to keep myself awake. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah, so today I'm working on a new, I'm reworking an opening scene. Um, and so that I'll be working on that today. A block is, aside from being a little sleepy, um, I am. I took a long break on this novel. I have been working on it for the past couple of weeks, but not super consistently. So I think you talked about this a little bit yesterday, Michelle, about trying to dip into it every day because you have to work your way back into it. So my block today is that I have to just get back into it. Um, and that can be really hard sometimes when you're like, I don't remember what this book was about anymore um, or what I was trying to do in this scene. So it's been a couple of days. So that's my block. Yeah. Um, my bridge is that this, it's really rainy here. And this is my favorite writing weather when it's dark and rainy. So I'll light some candles and that will be nice, nice like mood. Um, get myself in the writing mood. I have a candle. I'm candling today. That's good. Excellent. Okay. Um, yeah. Awesome. So yeah, it is, can be hard if you take a day off or several days off or a week off to get back into it. Um, so I just flew back from Cyprus on Monday. So I don't even know what time it is. And then we also had family visitors there. Um, so I've had to, I haven't been able to work for more than a week. Um, so did my did is not so much. I was dealing with various crises, um, but doing, I do plan to get back into it today. And I might also try using those timed writing sprints just to kind of get myself back into place and avoid the distraction, you know, like timing myself for 45 minutes and then giving myself a break. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, tell us about Readerly, Bessie. Oh, sure. Um, so I have been a writer for a while, like I'm sure many people. Um, and I had a really, I found myself having a hard time knowing what to read. Um, <clears throat> just because I would look at bestseller lists or Goodreads, um, and everything was kind of the same. I found this very similar genres. I wasn't finding books that I, that really resonated with me until I started going to, um, until I went to grad school for writing and met other writers. And um, anyway, so I, I um, wanted to build something that um, helped you find more than just bestsellers, which I think kind of dominate um, bestseller, well, obviously bestseller lists and social media where you're finding a lot of books now. So um, it's just, uh, it's actually quite different from Goodreads. We call it an alternative, but it's a book discovery platform, um, completely independent. Uh, and yeah, should. Yeah, so exciting. That's so awesome because Goodreads has some problems, right? Yeah, they're owned by Amazon. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're trying to bring people back to that more organic style of finding book recommendations from people that are similar readers to you, similar thinkers, unearthing like hidden gems and, um, and just finding more interesting stuff. Backlist books too. I think they get forgotten about when we're yes. talking about new books all the time. So um, it's fun to see what people are actually reading and not just what marketing is telling yeah. you to read so so and that's readerly.com that people can go and find it yes right? and it's an, yeah readerly in the app store reader oh in the app store yes right all right okay so we're talking about pantsing today and i'm going to start with lissa to talk about her pantsing progress uh process how she defined what pantsing really is and 
why she thinks it's useful. And even if there are also any problems with pantsing. So Lissa, go for it. Hi. So, <clears throat> you know, when I think of pantsing, so I'm definitely like the biggest pantser ever. Um, but when I think about it, I, I like to think about it more as like discovery writing, um, in that that's the way that's the way that your process works. And just like Kelly Ford talked about yesterday, um, you know, it, like you have to find something that works for you. Right. So I yeah. think most pantsers or discovery writers like outlining just is not something that works. Like I, I could, I could waste a lot of time outlining. Um, and I've done it before. I've really tried to be more of a, uh, of a plotter. Um, and it just, yeah, but it people, just, people judge themselves when they can't do that, which I think is awful. I have students I, all the time say, Oh, you know, I'm, and they, they seem to judge themselves. I'm like, just go for it. Follow your own process. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing too, is like, I don't think pantsing is negative, you know, and I, and yeah. I don't think it's, it's a complete binary system. I don't think people are, yeah. are like a hundred percent one or the other, even though I would say that I'm, I'm pretty much almost a hundred percent a pantser. Um, that, that doesn't mean to say I don't sit down with, with an idea or uh, of what I'm going to do. Right. I think that's like a misnomer also, like everybody, you don't, you don't sit down with, with no concept at all of what you're going to do. Um, and so what I, you know, you have to figure out what your starting point is. And for me, it's usually, it's usually theme and, um, theme and character. And I usually post them on my machine so that, you know, so if I am pantsing my way and discovery writing through something, at least there's something to kind of hold me to yeah. my original idea. And, and that may change over time. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I think. Um, Can you give an example of that? Like, do you have something posted on your computer right now? Oh, oh yeah. Let me see. What do I have? I have, well, I have. Yeah. Describe, don't explain is on my computer, which is uh -huh. sort of a show, not tell. Um, but usually I just have my, my theme. So um, my theme in the novel that I'm writing now is risk. And so if I'm really, if I'm, and I have a lot of points of view. So if I'm in mm -hmm. a point of view and I'm like, I don't really remember what I'm doing. It, it's just a way to gather um, that yeah. forward momentum around something and just to remind myself like what, what the heck I'm doing. Um, That's perfect. So it gives you some little like backbone to, to follow, even yes. though you're supposedly pantsing or discovering. Right. Yeah. Right. And then I would say that, you know, just because you're a discovery writer doesn't mean you don't do like micro outlining. So I always have sort of, or an intention for that day. Um, I think that's really important. Um, it's, it's, I don't just sit down and, and discover my way through anything. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely do a little bit of micro outlining and, um, from a day to day, and maybe that's like the daily scrum. So I yep. definitely sit down and think, think through all of that, um, when I discovery, write. but some really cool things happen when you discovery, write. I think. And so that's where, you know, I would use these terms like magic and, it's definitely like when I get into that zone of discovery writing, it, it's, it's my favorite place to be. And I, I think really surprising things happen for me when I do that, as opposed to trying to follow some outline that I've made three months ago. Um, so whether it's like word level, sentence level, event level, um, some really interesting things happen for me when I do, when I write that way. You know, they say that if there's no surprise for the writer, there's no surprise for the reader. 
And mm -hmm. that can be that can kill a novel or any writing project at all, actually. So I think right. you do have to leave yourself open to discovering. And I do, um, you know, I work with a lot of people that do like whole spreadsheets of, of plotting and stuff. And I worry about them a little bit that they're kind of holding themselves down into that. And so I just think it's always in progress. You can always move everything, just kind of keep it open. Mm -hmm. And it also reminds me, have either of you read If on a Winter's Night a Traveler by Italo Calvino? I don't know if anyone in our um, listeners, but anyway, it's a wild novel and I highly recommend it. And there's a writer in the novel and he talks about how his hands get in the way of his brain being able to to just translate stuff into the page. I mean, and that, but that's, he's just trying to like open, open up an absolute uh, venue to just, that has no blocks whatsoever, that pure creativity, the pure pantsing. Um, and I've always remembered that image and that desire that we have not to have to go through our, our hands um, in order to get something to the page. Um, all right, Bessie, for you, what is pantsing? Oh, um, and by I, the way, before and before, I do this all the time, I ask people to speak and then I interrupt them. Um, <laughs> we do have, you can ask questions in the Q&A and, um, and it looks like we've also got one in the chat, which is totally cool. And we'll try to get to them today too. Okay, go ahead, Bessie. Yeah, so um, yeah, pantsing, I really like, um, I've never thought of it as or the term discovery writing, but I think that's a really nice way of thinking about it because I was also very judgmental. I've always consider myself kind of a disorganized person, but I think I prefer the term creative and um, just, you know, I have to follow where my mind goes and I'm not a huge planner in anything ever. So um, I, before writing, working on this novel, which is my first fiction since I was very little, I was exclusively, exclusively writing essays, nonfiction, where um, I had, I know yesterday you talked a little bit about the raw material that writers need to create to then write the mm -hmm. book. Um, and I had that raw material uh, from life, whether I was researching someone in some ways, um, so, or writing about my own life. So writing fiction was very overwhelming. Um, when I started the, the fact that I had a blank page with no, I had to invent all of it. So I kind of came into pantsing naturally just by having no idea what I was doing and, um, and just having a concept for a novel and wanting to just explore it. So I just started writing scenes that came to mind. Um, I heard a character's voice and just kind of rolled with that. So, so yeah, I think starting with something that draws you to that idea um, and just seeing where it takes you. And um, so my first drafts are tend to be very, I do write all over the place. I'll write a scene toward the end or a scene toward the beginning. Um, at some point I do try to start writing in order because I think that's really helpful too. But I keep, um, I also have notes constantly. I keep a little pad of sticky notes and I'm not at my desk so I can't show you but I have tons of notes as I'm writing because my brain is kind of jumping ahead into what I want to write down the line. So in some ways I'm plotting, I guess, ahead, not in order, but just, I need to write this scene. So I'll write questions to myself or ideas. Um, and yeah, but when I, I guess um, one other thing about can my- Can I ask you about that before, before you yeah. go to the next? So you're taking, instead of, instead of letting those ideas that are jumping up, take you away from what you're doing, yeah. you write it on a sticky note. So you're like, okay, I'm not gonna jump there right now because that would be, 
difficult and I would take my mind off what I'm doing. That's perfect. Yeah. That works yeah. very, very well. And yeah. then I can refer back to them. Like, um, Lisa was saying, just having that theme up there because you, I do find myself kind of forgetting, getting lost and getting pulled in a direction and looking up will be like, oh yes, I need to, I'm, I'm working on this. This is a big theme I need to keep in mind as I'm writing. And it's really helpful, um, to do that. Yeah. Right. So just like Lisa's risk. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Um, do you guys see any downsides to pantsing? <laughs> I think Lissa says no, or do you see downsides? <laughs> I do. I, I think there's some downsides to it. I think I've had to come to terms with the fact that I'm at just a voracious overwriter and that a lot of what I write will be cut. So I, you know, I just, I finished a, a big revision and I, I, you know, I work in Scrivener. So somebody's asking in the chat, how do you organize? And I, I really recommend Scrivener for pantsers because there's a lot of ways to keep notes within what you're doing. Um, and you can kind of see what's happening. I, I think because we're kind of messier writers, I think that tool, that writing tool really helps. Um, but because I'm an overwriter, you know, I think I probably wrote three times as many words as that ended up in the novel. And, and because of that, I think a lot of your favorite stuff kind of gets cut, but I've, I've kind of come to terms with that as yeah. I've gotten, as I've written more and more, I've written many novels and I've just, it's just, it's part of my process and I would rather write than not write. Um, you know, it's, it's how I discover how I think and feel. And, and that's true. That's just the way that I am. And so I, you know, I, I think you do end up maybe cutting more, mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's what I would say. So Mary, I think she's, uh, to spell it is Scrivener and Brenda put that in the chat, Scrivener, uh, S-C-R-I-V-E-N-E-R, -E -E which is a, it's a, it's a great tool to use for organizing your writing and you can use just, it can get really complex. So I wouldn't even try to use, I don't know, I don't, all the things that you can possibly use with it. You can just keep it simple. And what's great is that you can, um, you can organize a chapter so you see like the chapters listed down the, the side and what's called a binder and you can just kind of move chapters around or move scenes around or even just look at like, okay, which scenes or which chapters does my character Mary show up in and you can do a search so it can be useful in that way and it's not very expensive I think once you pay like, I don't know, 40 or $50 once, then um, you can use it forever. And you also can, there's a trial period too. So. Um, what was I, I was going to say before I got off on that. Um, well, what's interesting is that, so I, I saw a, um, someone followed me on Twitter today and in their byline, it said, um, in order to make an apple pie by scratch, you have to create the universe, which is Carl Sagan. So again, it's that idea of having to create the stone um, before you can, um, before you can create anything else with writing, because otherwise you have no organic material to work with. Um, but you can also be creating the stone forever and ever in a day and never stop. Um, but I think this can be necessary. I mean, when I was in college, I had a professor and he told us that he was publishing his novel and uh, he said it originally was 800 pages, but his editor forced him to cut it down to 300. And of course I was a young upstart and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe he gave up so many of his his pages and he gave into the man and how terrible, but of course that's what everybody does. You have to be willing to make those sacrifices in order to move forward with your writing. Um, we also have a question in the chat or in the um, Q and A by Christine. 
Um, Christine says it day to day as if you're living in a scene at a time. Is that, are you talking about the definition for pantsing, I think? I think she's talking about the definition for pantsing. Um, so she's asking, is it day to day as if you're living a scene at the time at a time? Do you think that's kind of what pantsing is? You flummox them, Christine. They're, they're completely <laughs> flummoxed. <laughs> I think it does. I think pantsing can keep you awake to the present scene more so. So living, when you talk about living a scene at a time, day to day, I think that's, that's the, um, the benefit of pantsing because instead of thinking, I need to write this next scene, I need to write to the end. Um, you know, I need to, I need to, to focus on this. You actually are inside the scene and sitting inside the scene and enjoying it and, and getting that, that pure, uh, process and really sinking your teeth into the moment into the character so I, I do think it's kind of like that yeah and then we have another question from Jane who's one of our incubies um what can a writing group critique partner do to help a pantser that's a good question do you guys have any idea yeah I think there's just you know any kind of accountability is great um you know, I'm an overwriter, so I don't, I, I don't have trouble with, you know, goals and word counts and all of that. But I think just, you know, with my writing partners, just doing check-ins and, and maybe setting intentions is really great with, um, you know, like I'm going to have this draft done by, you know, Christmas, um, which is an intention I just did with a writing, a writing friend. Christmas is a great deadline. I always have Christmas as a, as a, deadline and then I make it to the end of January yeah um Bessie how about you in um, terms of how that can work done which uh the... in terms of how a writing group of critique oh. partner can work because your your incubator year is actually still meeting yes um yeah. and working together so do you think that's helpful in terms of your process and even in terms of supporting pantsing yeah, I mean, I we I agree the accountability thing is huge, and um, I have an accountability buddy right now that we just send each other what we've done that week. We, we don't even necessarily have to read it, but it's just helpful to have a place to send it. And I think having just come off of the incubator where I had a lot of um, accountability, there was no not writing. It was very easy to kind of slip back into oh, I can take a break. And so having someone to send something to, even if they're not reading it, is very helpful. Um, and then we're starting, <clears throat> excuse me, um, starting to get back into sharing pages, which is always helpful too. So um, if you're exploring a new scene, even if you're not sure how it fits in, having people to just give you feedback, knowing what you've written is always really helpful too. Excellent. Excellent. And I kind of hoped, I'm trying to figure out how to, how to do it on Substack of how to people can talk to each other and meet each other and even possibly use each other for reading partners. So if anyone that's listening to this is interested in that, um, I'll try to, um, you can, you can start in, um, the response to, um, the recording post I put today or the podcast post I put today, or I might try to do a separate post to see if people are interested in that. Um, cause it can sometimes be really hard to find people, um, and people can get really isolated. And that's why the novel incubator has been good for us, but we've got other people. We've actually have people all around the world that are listening to this right now that feel like they're working completely alone and people might not even know that they're writing. 
Um, yeah, listen. Yeah. So it, it's also really helpful, I think, to find somebody and, and just somebody who makes you talk about what you're working on. And I've always resisted that. I'm a very true introvert, but I, I find that, um, for me, it's my spouse, um, who makes me talk like, what are you, what are you doing? And, and so because we're pantsers and we're always in that, you know, I think, I think we do our best work while we're in it and not yeah. necessarily because we're not planners. Um, yeah. it's really helpful for somebody to say, you know, but what is it about? You know, what are you, what are you doing and what is it about? And, and actually talking about it can help a lot. So it, it doesn't have to be another writer, really. You could have a really good friend who, who asks those questions of you as well. So don't absolutely. Like, yeah. They can sometimes be the best actually, because they don't have the, they don't have any writer biases and they're just coming, they're hearing your ideas as like, my mom is one of my best. Um, she asks the hard questions <laughs> because yeah. she's like, that doesn't make any sense when I'm, you know, deep in something. And I think I'm doing all these clever things. She's the one who calls me out on it. So <laughs> those are eventually going to be your readers anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so readers, um, so readers are live in a more practical world than writers do. Right. And yeah, there's so many times I, I do that with my husband too. And I'll be talking and, and I've gotten so excited by something and I'll be like, that makes no sense whatsoever <laughs> because I've actually had to articulate it out loud. So it can be a good test and save you some time against pantsing mm -hmm. in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So I am seeing on the chat that people are interested in helping, um, getting help to find some writing partners or at least accountability people. So um, we'll figure out how to do that. Um, Tracy O'Brien has also listed the London Writers Salon for writing community and free Zoom writing sessions. And she's put in the chat, um, it's londonwriterssalon.com slash hashtag writers hour. So thank you for that. That's awesome. Okay. Um, yeah, we have a, several people from London. The people from London though, it's mid afternoon. You guys have it easy. Okay. So we're going to see everyone tomorrow at the same damn time. We hope everyone is in your robes and bad hair and everything. Cause that's what we're doing. At least that's what I'm doing. Um, and so this week one, we're looking at different processes for producing that first draft or just getting back to the first draft or really just kind of getting you back going to back into focus again. And so how to different processes, how to stay in your writing chair and how to deal with um, other things that might be holding you back. Um, tomorrow we have plotters with Virginia Pye and Anjali Duva. And you can see the full daily uh, schedule at 7amnovelist.substack.com. And we also have a bookshop page where we can, you can see some of our guest books. That's bookshop.org slash shop slash the 7am novelist. And that's it for today. Thank you so, so much, Bessie and Lissa. I really love having you here. And I hope you have an excellent writing day. And everyone else that's listening to this, here we go. It's going to be a good day for us. And I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks so much. Have you found what you lost? Have you lost what you found? Do you really understand how you sift for a love in the sand? Like a leaf inside the wind. And you go where it tells you to go. But you never wonder why there isn't nothing here.